Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, the podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad and I have back with me Katie Race. Katie works in parish evangelization ministry in Illinois. Katie, welcome back to Catholic Bites. Thanks, Father. It is great to have you back. And um, today we are recording this at the end of the book. In fact, I have on the other tab on my computer right now, um, I have the start of my homily for this weekend, which is like <laughs> a little late in the game. Um, but we're starting to do the readings about the end of the world, about the last things and the resurrection of the body. And so it's a, probably a good time for us to kind of reflect a little bit about uh, the resurrection in our own lives and what that means for us. So uh, how has the resurrection been present or the, this idea of the resurrection been present in your life uh, recently? Yeah. Um, I think it started um, this summer. I took a course and we had gone through the catechism and um, going through the creed. And I think so often um, we can pray the creed um, and, you know, fall into that bad habit of glossing over words. And <laughs> um, for whatever reason, just felt the Holy Spirit really directing my heart towards the resurrection of the body and just kind of stopped me in my tracks. Like, excuse me, what? Like, how can we forget about this? Um, just, yeah, it's so crucial and important to our faith. Um, and especially as we're looking towards the end of the world in our readings today, <laughs> and sometimes in daily life, it feels like that as well. <laughs> um, just feel, um, yeah, reminded and guided by the hope of the resurrection. Um, and the joy that is given to us, not only now, but that awaits us. Yeah. And so what, how does that, how does that living with the resurrection in mind, how does that shape your own life of prayer? Like, how does, how does that shape your own understanding of this, this life, knowing that, oh, we're, we're going to rise again, God willing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a couple avenues. The first would be, okay, Jesus, what needs to be resurrected in me now? <laughs> and giving him, right? All of that. Um, so be it those wounds or be it those, um, you know, areas of that need conversion in my in my own life or whatever it is, right? Like what what am I failing to give to Jesus now? Like how am I denying his resurrection power now? Mm. Um, but then also looking forward, you know, am I keeping vigil? Am I living a life that gives witness to the resurrection? Am I um, really anticipating that joy? Um, or am I, you know, putting all of my energy into what lies here and not ahead? Yeah. And so the analogy I like to think about when it comes to the resurrection is the analogy of a baby uh, in the womb. And like the baby in the womb is living now for another life. Like if the baby was just living for the life in the womb, then it wouldn't be developing like lungs or eyes or any of these things that are right. crucial for it after it comes out of the womb. It would just be working on the umbilical cord and just like, let's just stick <laughs> with the umbilical cord. Right. The umbilical cord is going to get tossed out and thrown away, you know, like, yeah. and, and it must be a fearful thing. Like their whole world is like totally turned upside down. And they're in this much new, different type of life. But if they had been preparing for just life in the womb, then that would be that would be silly and foolish, and they wouldn't be able to survive outside the womb. And it's the same thing for us. Like we we're we're called to develop all these spiritual organs, you might say, and live 
recognizing that this isn't the end, that we're living for another life, for a life of direct vision of God, which is, yeah, the transition process is a little scary, um, but we're made for this, this new life, this new world to come. Amen. No, I love that analogy. That's, it's so true. Yeah. We're not, we're not made for this world, right? We're, we're given it at this time. Um, but, um, ultimately it's not our home. So before we were, uh, before we were recording, we were talking a little bit about an image of Christ's resurrected body and how his resurrected body still bore the scars of the passion of his, of the nails, the marks of the nails and the the hole in his side from the spear. What, what can we learn from that about living for the world to come? What does that teach us about the resurrection? Yeah, I know for me, it gives me hope. Um, also a really um, daunting invitation <laughs> to allow <laughs> Jesus to into everything, um, that he wants to resurrect everything. Um, and that nothing, as you said earlier, is wasted. Um, and that everything is, um, like nothing, nothing is exempt from his mercy. Nothing is exempt from his healing, from his resurrection. Um, and I think it was, um, was it St. Augustine? He said, you know, in my deepest wounds, like I saw your glory and it dazzled me. Um, Ooh, that's an awesome line. I have never heard yeah. that line before. That's okay. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus not only took up on the cross, um, but yeah, his wounds remain. Yeah. And I guess I just am amazed by what those wounds represent, like the total betrayal of his own dear creation. Like the person who put those mm-hmm. wounds in his hands, you know, physically, he made out of love and and now this person who he made out of love was driving those nails into his hands and and representing all of us really you know driving those nails into his hands and yet so it's this moment of like i think about the moments where other people have betrayed me or there's been a moment of anger or pain like we do not want to hold on to that but what jesus does is he takes that and he he transforms it. And now it's no longer a sign of weakness or a sign of betrayal, but it's a sign of like how far he's willing to go to love, like, and how great and deep his mercy is. And I just keep thinking about like all the things, the wounds in my own life and how those God willing will be transformed and just be signs of how great and deep his mercy is, how, how, how tremendous his mercy is. And that gives a lot of hope. I think, uh, for when you're going through your life and you're struggling with wounds. Exactly. Cause yeah, God in his, in his goodness, right. He can heal and he does, um, you know, now, and we get, we get to step into that glory, but um, sometimes, right. It's not yet. Um, and so that gives us hopefully even more anticipation um, for the healing that is to come. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, recognition that nothing's wasted, that Mm -hmm. these experiences we have now, as painful as they can be, as difficult as they be, someone listening to this might be going through a big loss or, or a moment of real sin that they've, they've experienced how, how far they are from God, how, how lonely and isolating that is, that even that won't be wasted, that those experiences will be glorified and, and show forth his mercy and his love even more to us. So we'll be able to see how much, you know, how much he loves us in those moments. Uh, and that, 
I think that, at least for me, like that gives me courage and hope in the midst of difficulties to keep going. Indeed. Yeah. What would you say are some practical ways um, we can live in the light of the resurrection uh, that we can keep this so we don't just kind of gloss over this when we say the creed? Mm. Yeah. Great question. Um, besides slowing down <laughs> when praying the creed, um, and really, yeah, you know, or meditating on, you know, that glorious mystery of the rosary. Um, I think kind of just taking a step back, um, and recognizing, um, you know, perhaps our humanity and sometimes, um, especially in our culture where we're so go, go, go. Um, and we don't always allow that time. Um, we want to just move through something or white knuckle it or, totally um, forget about it and move on. Um, But maybe allowing that time in prayer to really take a step back and be like, okay, Jesus, you know, what am I not trusting you to resurrect? Um, What do I need to continue to surrender? Um, And just asking for that grace, like of that, that joy and anticipation um, Mm -hmm. for what he is doing, but also will do that. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love, anticipation especially to bring it full circle as we're as we're nearing the end of the liturgical year so often like we're just struck by the like oh shoot god's gonna come kind of mindset like and it's gonna be scary as opposed to seeing it as the early christians did like the early christians prayed come lord jesus come lord jesus they wanted it to happen because they the anticipation of being with the lord for eternity and being in the resurrection was so great and that comes from love like you of course you when someone is away who you love, you look forward to the day where you get to see them again. And I think if we just keep trying to fall in love with the Lord, then that anticipation of his resurrection will, will continue. Okay. Well, that's a a good pick me up for my day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Katie, thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Father. It's been a joy. Of course. And thank you to all of you who listen to this podcast. If you'd like to find other great Catholic talks from great Catholic speakers, you can find us at catholicbitespodcast.com, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Just search for Catholic Bites with a Y, or we're on the Laudate app, I think. Um, you can find us any of those places. Uh, tell your friends, uh, share this. It, it helps us a lot. Uh, Thank you for listening and God bless you.